A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is Acts eight, fourteen to 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. The people were waiting expectantly, and were all wondering in their hearts, if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptise you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful if life was exciting, challenging, rewarding and fulfilling? And I want to start off by making a bold statement to say that That's exactly what the Christian life, the full Christian life, should be. Exciting, rewarding, challenging, fulfilled. 
And just to be clear, what I'm not saying is that living a full Christian life is the most comfortable, secure, happy, smooth, contented life that you can have. That's not the case at all. And just to put some flesh on the bones, let's just get a small glimpse of what a life lived with the power of God in a person might look like from the first passage we heard from the prophet Isaiah. You can look at your service sheets or it's on page 729 of the Bibles if you'd like to look it up in the Bibles. So God, speaking through the prophet Isaiah, says that I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So as God's people, we belong to him and he calls us, not just priests, he calls all of us, every single one of us, to a life with him. Verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And that's almost certainly a reference to the Exodus when the Israelites passed through the waters of the Red Sea with towering waves on either side. A terrifying journey it must have been, but God was with them. And if we live our lives for God, he will call us to do things by faith we would never have dreamed of doing because it seems... Too risky. And yet he will deliver us. That's his promise here. If you told me 15 years ago, when I wasn't a believer and I wasn't a churchgoer, that I would be ambushed by God in the bush out in Africa, and that subsequently, a few years later, I would go back and preach in that place, I would have thought you had completely lost your marbles. But he did. And the passage goes on to say, when you walk through fire, you will not be burned. And that is almost certainly a reference to the prophet Daniel, who along with his friends, the three of them, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, um, were thrown into the blazing furnace and yet survived unscathed because God delivered them. And if we live our lives for God, we may find ourselves in places which don't look very palatable, But if we do, God will glorify himself through our lives. If you had told Kirsty 15 years ago, my wife Kirsty 15 years ago, that in a few years' time she would be meeting with men accused of rape and murder in Reading Prison and telling them about the hope that we have, despite all that, in Jesus Christ, she would have told you you were mad as well. But he did it. It happened. Look at verse 4. It says, we're precious in God's sight. Isn't that amazing? The creator of the universe looks at us and thinks we are precious. He says, I love you because I love you, the verse goes on. And verse 7 confirms, if you like, what we've been saying. I created you, God says, I created you for my glory, whom I formed and made. Isn't Isn't it wonderful? It's, it, this picture of a God-empowered life isn't one of safety, of security, of keeping one's head down, of, 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 of not making a fuss, of meekly giving in, or anything like that at all, is it? It's a breathtaking, exhilarating, risk-taking, giving of, of one's life to the business of glorifying God. 
Not just by singing hymns in church and saying prayers, although I love to do that, but also by being out in the world, playing our part in transforming lives and communities with the love of God. I think that's a really exciting concept and idea and and, and experience. But does that sound like our lives? Is that our experience? Well, it may be for some of us. It may be, but perhaps not for all of us. And by the way, in case you're thinking, I'm sure you're not, but in case you're thinking, does this really apply to me because, well, I'm almost 80 years old or even beyond and I can't get out and about much and, and... Well, actually, the answer is definitely, yes, it does apply to you too. You may not be able to be involved in a nighttime outreach to youths on the street, but you can pray for those who do, and you can invite friends and family and others to the coffee shop and lunch stop or to Alpha for seniors or many other ways that your lives can advance the kingdom of God as well. I know of some fantastic, I call them prayer warriors in this church, who are in their 80s and 90s, who pray for the mission of the church, who pray for me and for many others, and I'm so grateful for them. So we're never too old, we're never too young to be people living out a full Christian life. But what if we're not excited by our faith? If we feel that maybe we're just... I don't know, coasting along, going through the motions. But we don't really feel that love for God in our hearts or sense his love for us. What what might we be missing? Well, as far as I understand from experience and from scripture, there are four things we need to live this full Christian life that we've described. And the first is what Christians call repentance. In our gospel reading... John the Baptist is out in the desert by the banks of the River Jordan and he's calling the people to repent, whatever that means. Well, we've learned about it before, haven't we? Repentance simply means turning away from the things which we know are wrong in our lives, which don't honour God, things like holding grudges against others, not being truthful, not being faithful, not being loving towards our neighbour, Repentance is putting all that stuff behind us and moving on with God. That's a a picture of of what it is. So one potential reason why we may not be feeling like we're living a full Christian life is if we are still holding on to the negative stuff instead of leaving it behind. That's the first thing, repentance. The second thing is faith. Faith is deciding to put our trust in Jesus and what he has done for us On the cross. It's acknowledging that we could never in ourselves be good enough, as it were, to warrant God's love and accepting the need of Jesus' death and resurrection to set us free from all the rubbish in our lives and then deciding to do life His way. You know, before Christianity was called Christianity, it was called the way, the way of Jesus. And part of faith is trusting that Jesus' way is the way to live our lives. So if we're still believing that we can run our lives better than modelling them on Jesus, 
then that can be another reason why we don't have a lively experience of faith. If we think we can do it better. The third element of a full Christian life is baptism. We've seen all these in our readings. John the Baptist um, calling people to repentance. People putting their faith in Jesus. The the third element is baptism. and We've seen the baptism of Jesus in our readings. When we get baptised, it's a mark of belonging to the church. It's a physical sign of putting to death of our old lives before we knew Jesus and rising up out of the water to new life with Christ. As Paul the Apostle puts it in his letter to the Romans, (coughs) he says, we were buried with him through baptism. That's the picture. So in, 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 in full immersion baptism, when people are put underwater, it's a picture of going down into death with Jesus. And then when we come up out of the water, it's a picture of rising to new life. Um, in Jesus. Baptism is a sign and a public declaration of that new life. In the Anglican Church, for those who are baptised as infants, adult believers do this in the public confirmation of their faith later, as as they grow up. When the bishop lays hands on them and prays for God to confirm in them the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we do need to have made a serious public declaration of our faith to the gathered church in order to live a full Christian life. It's part of the Christian journey. Which leads us very neatly onto the fourth element that we need to lead a full Christian life, which is the Holy Spirit. Would you like to turn and have a look at the reading in the book of Acts that we read? Um, That's on page... 1101, if you want to look at it in the Bibles, it's, you have it in your service sheets too. <coughs> so it's on page 1101. And, and I'm, going to, um, I'm going to read here verses 14 to 16 of chapter 8. It's a very interesting window into the early church. It says this, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John, the apostles, Peter and John, to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. So do you see that repentance... Faith and baptism alone are not, in the minds of the apostles, Peter and John, enough. They prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on them. They'd simply been baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. So why do we need, why do we need the Holy Spirit to live full Christian lives? Well, there are two reasons, just to summarise at the end. There are two reasons. Firstly, for who he is. And secondly, for what he does. So firstly, who he is. God, we know, don't we? God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's Trinity. He's three persons in perfect communion. And so if we don't have the Holy Spirit, well, we don't really have God. Because God is Trinity. And without the Holy Spirit, we don't have Trinity. And so we we need the Holy Spirit for who he is. The second reason we need the Holy Spirit is for what he does. The Spirit transforms us 
When the Holy Spirit comes to live in our lives, he transforms us. And the fruit in our lives of the Holy Spirit living in us is described by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians. He says that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. These are the ways with the Holy Spirit in our lives that we will change to become more loving, more patient, more peaceful, and, and so on. The Spirit also guides us and encourages us, gives us strength, and it's by the Spirit that God speaks to us in different ways. And as he does, our love for God just grows and grows, and our awareness of his love for us grows too. And I'm just going to just stop for a second before I finish and just invite Jenny up to come forward. Um, she's kindly just agreed to say a couple of words um, about this. Um, Jenny was on our recent Alpha course. This is Jenny. Uh, Jenny was on our recent Alpha course and, um, um, and she came on the Alpha Day. Would you just tell us something about what the Alpha Day was about? And... Well... The Alpha Day focused on the Holy Spirit. And just before our lunch break, we prayed together to invite the Holy Spirit to come and be with us. And I prayed along with everybody else. And I was thinking as I was praying, what's it going to feel like? Well, initially nothing happened. And I thought, well, okay, so maybe it'll happen some other time. But then we stood and sang. And as we were singing, I got a tingling sensation that started at the top of my head and went all the way down to the bottom of my feet. And I thought, I'm a bit of a skeptic about things like that. And I thought, maybe I'm just sitting in an uncomfortable position. But we finished the song and then we broke for lunch and we went across to the vicarage. And as we were going across, there's a bit of a hill, so Kirsty was giving me a push. And I was thinking about, well, was that the Holy Spirit or wasn't it the Holy Spirit? And all of a sudden, this voice sounded in my head and it said, I am here. I'm feeling emotional just telling you about it. Um, But it wasn't just a voice. It it was in my head. I knew it wasn't outside of my head. And I knew it hadn't come from me. And there was just an overwhelming feeling of tenderness and love. And it just made me feel Mm. so joyful and happy. And I was absolutely certain that it was the Holy Spirit. That's wonderful, Jenny. I mean, Jenny, was, is, was, that literally, was that just a kind of a, a one-off experience or, or has, ha, have, have you kind of noticed any difference since? Or what? Um, well, I mean, the main thing, two things have happened since. Um, but, but one thing I will say is that just by thinking back to that moment, I can reconnect with that feeling, which is lovely. Um, but the following week in the Alpha Course, we were talking about healing. And we discussed in our discussion group why some people are healed and why other people aren't, even when we all pray for them. And I said to my group, you know, obviously I haven't been physically healed, um, but that doesn't really bother me, although it does, I do have a question in my mind as to why. And the following day, 
I was, went to the university and I do something every quarter, which is I talk to a group of Chinese teachers of English who are staying in Reading for three months. And I talk to them about disability and how IT, which is what I've done all my working life, can help people with disability. And this particular day, the session went really, really well. And as I was coming away from it, Tony was pushing me across the car park. It always seems to be when someone's pushing me. Um, and this voice came into my head and said, you couldn't have done that if you'd been healed. And I thought, well, of course, that's why, one of the reasons why I'm here, isn't it? Um, and then, the, then what, much more recently, we were at a PCC meeting and um, Pads was talking about a challenge that we had and what, what the pros and cons of a particular decision was. And all of a sudden, in my head came, that's the wrong question. The question we should be asking, and I came out with it, didn't I? <laughs> I interrupted you. I felt I just had to say it. And I was absolutely sure that that was a message guiding me, guiding us from the Holy Spirit. Mm. So Thank there you, you are. very much indeed, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jenny, for sharing that very, very sort of personal, intimate experience that, that, that you've had there. And I'm going to wrap up now, but I, I think there are a couple of things I'd like to say. Um, I guess, although some of us might have been baptised, we might have been confirmed, the bishops laid his hands on us and prayed, confirmed, asked God to confirm the Holy Spirit in us. Perhaps for some of us, with the Holy Spirit, it's, we've, it's been a bit like that example I gave earlier of the walking boots. Maybe we've sort of put the Holy Spirit in a, in a cupboard and haven't really invited him to live fully in, in our lives. And as it happens, our next Alpha course is kicking off um, in 10 days' time on Tuesday the 22nd. So if you haven't done it yet, um, you might really benefit from coming on the course and finding out more about how... God's Spirit empowers our lives, guides our lives, and transforms them in wonderful ways. So, we've thought about four things, haven't we? Repentance, faith, baptism, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, what I'm going to do now is um, just ask Adam to come up and um, <coughs> to lead us in a, in a song. Um, because this is a, a new song. In fact, maybe most of you won't know it. Um, I didn't know it, um, but Adam showed it to me, and I thought it was exactly right for what we'll do. And what I'd like us to do is to, is to stand, uh, but don't concern yourself too much with learning the words and all the rest of it, but look at the words and use them as a prayer, if you'd like to, to invite the Holy Spirit um, into your heart, into your, uh, into your life, um, as we sing this song. <clears throat>